Okay, listen up. You're now locked into the I Do It For Hip Hop podcast. DJ Bugsy is bringing back the essence of hip hop. Hear the voices from the artists, the DJs, and the movers and shakers that keep the culture alive. Most importantly, they're keeping it hip hop. Hey, DJ Bugsy, you ready? <laughs> and now to our regular scheduled program. What up, what up? It's your boy DJ Bugsy. I'm super excited about episode 23. This is I Do It For Hip Hop Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, DJ Bugsy 215. I have a very special, dope guest tonight. But before we get into that, I just want to let y'all know that today is my first sponsorship. I want to give a big shout out to my boy Chuck in New York and his wife. I want y'all to go check out AppitudeLeggings.com. It is a fitness gear for all your fitness needs. Check them out on Instagram and on Facebook at AppitudeLeggings. Use the code DJBugsy215, all caps, and receive 15% off free shipping and handling limited time only. You got to go check it out. If you in the gym, if you working out, you trying to get your body right for the summer, these leggings is the perfect gift. And look, Valentine's Day is coming. So, you know, get your boo these leggings. I'm telling you right now, get that 15% off. They're sponsoring. They support the podcast. Like I sent, like I said again, shout out to my boy Chuck and his wife. I want y'all to go check it out. But tonight is a super night. It, it, it is a legendary night, you know, to say the least, because in 1996, a classic drop and it was called Collage. And the person that behind that, y'all all know her. If you know about Philly hip hop, you all know about Bahamadia. And she's here tonight to sit with me and have a one-on-one interview on the Door for Hip Hop podcast, episode 23. From the bottom, discombobble belay. Sharon was the break if you was digging in the crates. When they pump it in the jeeps, it's gonna rock right. True. In the streets, it's gonna rock right. True. At a show, it's gonna rock right. Here we go with the brothers, boo. You know how we do. When they pump it in the jeeps. So, Bahamadia, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, this is this is like so surreal for me. Um, like we was discussing um earlier, and we've been, you know, we initially this was supposed to happen. Some time ago, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know things happen in time, and like I said, I'm I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. I want to start from the beginning because initially you started out as a DJ, and a lot of people don't really know that. So could you talk about your genesis, your early part of your career, and also being a protege of of Guru? Okay. Um. Well, actually, I started out um studying percussions at Sediment House of Music. Okay. In my youth, just for a stint, my parents got divorced. Okay. And then from there, that's how I got introduced to hip hop. Once I, you know, transitioned out of studying okay. the music, mm-hmm. it was in, it was in my formative years, and it was really right. only a little stint that I did that. Okay. But I believe the music is inside you anyway. So, mm. you know, I wound up playing stuff by ear, programming okay. throughout the years as my talent honed and evolved. Okay. Set. Um. So from there, mm-hmm. started DJing okay. after the drumming um, experience. Right. Um, just house parties, dollar parties. Mm. You know. Right. The first collection was my mom's and grandmom's stuff. You know, okay. Parents yeah. and all that. Right. Um, from there, mm-hmm. did a couple rec battles and stuff like that as a DJ. Okay. We had a couple MCs in our crew, but mm-hmm. I wrote all the material because that's when routines and harmonizing and stuff like that and right. the, that type of thing. It was real showmanship was involved in your presentation, whether you was professional or not, okay. in the formative years of hip-hop. Right. You know what I mean? So it was right. more about how you presented yourself mm-hmm. and representing your hood and your community. Okay. Uh, so I came from that era. So then when I then I evolved from mm-hmm. writing to wound up, since I knew all the routines, people wasn't showing up. I wound up knowing the stuff. So then I wound up right. becoming the MC. Okay. But I was before that I was always into poetry, writing short stories in my youth as well. Okay. Just keeping the journal and all right. that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, from there, um, mm-hmm. um, fast forward, right. I met. I ran into a childhood. Well, actually, it wasn't in childhood. I went to a guy I went to high school with one of the high schools I attended in Philly. Okay. Um, Mo Rock, who also was a regional artist at the time, he put a couple singles out and stuff like this. Mo Rock. Okay. He was doing some studio work in Southwest Philly at this um, studio called Bird's Nest Productions. Okay. Who also had me. Um, they had Boys the Men. Mm-hmm. They had um, Steady B and all of them used to come through. It was like a go-to spot. Okay. For um. Independent artists, Karis One and them, I think, had wow. did some work there. A lot of different people, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? They would come through like the pop art era. Okay. You know what I mean? But, yeah, but in the yeah. cusp of that, right after that. Okay. Right after that so you talking the youngsters, mm-hmm. Hilltop cool Hustler, C, Cool Steady C, B, and mm-hmm. all that. E Marbles, yeah. ESC, yeah. and all everybody. Yeah, three times dope. Yeah. Shout out to ESC. Exactly. What's up, ES? 
So still for, writing to this day. Still writing. Yeah. Still evolving. Yes. Still styling. Yes. <laughs> that's Philly. That's it's Philly, Philly though. For you. That's it's Philly. definitely Philly for you. So um so the, you know the very next production like working there and that's mm-hmm. why I honed my recording skills with the first skill set. Okay. Like getting used to my own voice in the studio booth, timing, pacing, learning right. how to count bars, that whole thing. I went through that through a, for a few years and then I, when I left there, all of us parted ways because we all had interest. Okay. From other from outside sources from like demos and stuff like that right i think they had actually that's when michael bibbins had signed boys the men we all left around the same time mm. grand dragon kd was there too he wound up he was djing for steady b at the time okay i think steady b and then he moved on too right um anyways fast forward so i linked up with um dj ran who was yeah, at power 99 at the time, at the time. Yeah, yeah he was killing it yeah he was the man Basically, he has his seven um, dimension production. So I was um, okay, not officially signed to him, but I was under his tutelage at the time. Right. Once I let Burstness, okay, we recorded Funk Vibe, mm-hmm. um, and then that took off, and that started a bit war because I started getting charted from it being um, played on mainstream radio, getting added, and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's when they still had the hits. So magazine, you was in you know, a bit war. Yeah, between <laughs> Bad Boy, um, seriously, Corrupt brought me to Dr. Dre. Um, he actually came to my house. Um, who wow. else? Bad boy. I forgot. It was a bunch of people at that time. I can't remember, but I know they were they was the two main staple people. Right. And then Gangstar was a part of that equation as well. Okay. But then naturally, I went with Gangstar because I felt like that was the best fit, and I was already a fan of their music and stuff with the okay. jazz influences. Right. And just the traditional format and approach that they took to hip hop. Right. You know, so yeah. I, I actually visualized and saw myself in that unit. Okay. You know what I mean? So that right. I wound up signing with them. Okay. Actually with Guru's Ill Kid Productions. Okay. Once I signed with them, mm-hmm. I had already had a single that was charting, which was Funk Vibe. Right. Um, from there, mm-hmm. um, he immediately put me in a studio. Okay. The first song I ever did on a professional level in a big studio mm-hmm. was Total Rep. Total Rep. So they flew me up there. You know how you do a, a series of songs mm-hmm. when you're an artist, artist notice. Okay. You record a volume of songs. Right. And then you pick the best. The best. Say you record 100 songs. You might pick the best 50 out of that, narrow mm-hmm. that down to 20, and then you pick from that 20 right. the ones that's going to make it to your album. Okay. I never had in my whole life ever projects that I've ever done in my whole career. I've never had that, been afforded that luxury. Mm. So every song, when I went to do Total Rep. Right. I thought that was the first in a series of songs that I was going to do. I went, mm-hmm. I came back to Philly. Okay. Handled some personal stuff. When I came back, mm-hmm. we shooting a video. Right. I thought we shooting a video for a Gangstar project, you know, one of their songs. Mm-hmm. It's for Total Wreck. That's a whole single. Right. That's getting charted. I ain't even know because that was, the, I did the song. Mm-hmm. Left, you know what I mean? Because I'm thinking right. we're going to do a whole series of songs. Okay. Come back, that's the first single. Mm-hmm. That started getting charted. Right. That garnered, you know what I mean, the attention of a lot of different producers and mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. After that, um, mm-hmm. we just started going into the studio. So every song that I did on Collage mm-hmm. was the song. They was all one takes. I never had, like, no surplus material or none of that. Really? Every single song that's on Collage, that was my demo. You know how people would have demos back in the day? Yeah. You know? Going, and then to top it all off, imagine coming from home home studio environment, coming from home studio environment, right? right? You thrust it on the charts. You don't know what's going on because you're in between two of those dynamics. Yeah. I was in a culture shock. Okay. Get get that's the video coming. I'm doing all of this. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they want you on tour. Right. Collage dropped the first tour I did in my whole entire life as an artist, period, was when the Fuji sold the 10 million. So Tim Miller went diamond the first time they went diamond in hip hop. That was the first time I ever been on tour. And so how met, was that? How was going on because tour Lauren, because Lauren Hill and them like I right. knew Lauren for a minute because she you know they was on they used to be in Philly all the time. Okay, because Rough House because the Rough House right Chris was right right. So I would see them all the time while Cliff and all of them Lauren you know we had a, a nice rapport or whatever. Shout out to Lauren Hill too because she was one a real one always That's consistently tough. still the same. Okay. You know, whenever we cross paths, paths. it's still the same. Right. Because, you know, industry is different, you know. It's, it's rare <laughs> if the bond is really genuine. Right. You know. Yeah. But um, her and Wyclef personally asked me to come on tour with them. Wow. So it was me, The Roots, Goody Mob. Okay. CeeLo Green wasn't even singing back then. He was still rapping. 
Um, Yo, that is a wild tour right there. Uh, um, I dead, would love to see that tour well, now. You no, know, Dead President. Um, it was dead President. Uh, Goody okay. Mob. I see Goody Mob, right? Yeah. Outcast was on some of the dates as well. Okay. And the Roots was actually opening for the Fugees at that time. Mm, interesting. That's crazy. So that's real crazy. You know what I mean? So <laughs> and, and I and I was like a supporting act. You know what I mean? Right, I wasn't right. even like an opener. So that's that goes to show you the dynamic it was. Yeah. So we we torn or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's arenas. It's like it's it was surreal. Yeah. So you doing that? Mm-hmm. Come back home. Right. Then I got offered to do um, a collaboration because every collaboration I ever did, it was never politics because I never had any official management. Mm, so you always had somebody in place. I was always managing then, myself. And, that, it, and that's My rare. whole career. But I you had mean, I had somebody that was in place, but they wasn't as educated about the business of music as somebody in my stature and talent okay. in the dynamic of being on a major needed to be. Right. I needed, but I didn't right. know because right. I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't coached. Okay. I came straight from the street, straight, straight from into the street. yeah. Yeah. So you know, doing that or whatever, and then but I knew it was a chance of a lifetime. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, go and educate yourself as much as you can because regardless of how it's turning out on the business end, you still have a lane and an opportunity that a lot of people aren't aren't afforded. That's true. So that's it was so my true. responsibility to just take the reins where I could. Exactly. So that's when I started learning and I started, you know, building reports with interns when I found out that the behind the scenes people was the ones mm-hmm. that was really making the artists be these so-called celebrities and stars and stuff. There was right. teams of people behind the scenes that wasn't a lot of times wasn't even being celebrated or getting the accolades that they should. Yeah. And I felt like they was the lifeline. So I started building a rapport with them, mm-hmm. even engineers, different people like that. You know okay. what I mean? I understood Absolutely. like my position and my power as an independent artist. Well, right. I considered myself an independent artist at that time. You know, I was signed cause I was moving like that. Yeah. Um, but I felt like you just got to seize the moment. You got to, it's your job to educate yourself about, what your position entails and that these people work for you mm-hmm. but a lot of artists don't understand and they become enabled okay. so that's why my right. career is still able to be sustained after all this time because i know how to maneuver it within yeah. my own lane in that within way your own lane in that yeah way. yeah that's dope but what i want to know too during that time what was the money like on tour like what was what was your per diem like what was your money like well actually actually is money and you you got your per diem see when you moving mm-hmm. On a tier like that, mm-hmm. you already you you getting compensated monetarily for your service, your performance. Okay, you getting your performance from ASCAP or whatever you know publishing you with because you need right. your performance rights royalties as well. Okay, especially in that scale account. You okay, know what I mean? yeah. Then you getting your rate for mm-hmm. the shows each night, and per diem is a, a prerequisite, right? Because they take care of their people well on those on them realms, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it's it was you know, it was cool, you know. It was right. just about knowing how to manage that money. Right. And make and exactly. making a plan for yourself to be able to sustain your life once you're not that visible no more, which is what I've been doing. That's great. That's great. Yeah. It's a resurgence <laughs> in hip hop to me, um, as of late. And I wanna know your take because you're considered a legend. You're considered an OG. You're considered a legend to me. And I had this debate with my friend because he doesn't understand it. Like, like to me, it's Philly legend and it's legend. I don't feel like it can. You can have. You can have two. He felt like you only can be a legend and that's it. But to me, you can. It can be two different things. Like I consider you a Philly legend. You you understand where I'm coming from? Well, how see, it can be two different things. I just I see the dynamic as being three. I see it as being a veteran, somebody that's seasoned, somebody that's finally um, honed their chops and now they're established in their own right okay. in terms of the notoriety and consistency of putting out work and working, touring and stuff like that, right? Exactly. Features. Right. You're a veteran in that aspect. That means mm-hmm. you're almost famous. Okay. You famously unfamous because everybody, right. some you on some people radar, right. but the difference between them actually acknowledging you and not is the, is the money that you generating from your craft and your exactly your product. Exactly. That's the only difference. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. That's the veteran. Okay. The legend is somebody that done had like success, monetary success, the mm-hmm. visibility, and the right. things that entail being a veteran. Right. And the icon. Mm-hmm. Is the person that has done something phenomenal that has just changed the complexion of music and art universally? The oh, Michael Jacksons, yeah, the Prince, the Princes, the the James Browns, the Whitney Houston's, the Whitney Houston's, yeah. people that come along and just introduce something whole, a whole another different perspective and take on an art form. 
Okay. Which is, I think that's one of the calling cards of Philadelphian artists innately, right. you know, okay. because the standard of, of excellence is set, so the bar is so set high. so high. Yeah. That's true. So, you know, that's that's the distinct difference mm-hmm. for me. You okay. Know? Now, yeah. the resurgence of female artists in hip-hop is, is real big, but I want you to take on, like, when you look at yourself as a veteran, you know, back in the day when you was coming up, as opposed to how MCs are today, if you if you had something to tell yourself, like the the nineteen or the twenty year old Bahamadia from back in the day, what would you what advice would you give yourself, the younger Bahamadia? What would you had done different when you look at the evolution of hip hop, where where it came from and where it's at now? What would had you done different? I would have done anything different because it's made me who I am right now. Okay, up until this point, you know what I mean. In any point that I'm I'm blessed to mm-hmm. open my eyes, you know what I mean, and right. still do the things. That I was created, like I was built to do this. Okay. That is my destiny, and that's a distinct difference between me, you know, somebody mm-hmm. that decides in their mind that they're going to pursue this as a career, and somebody that just can't escape it because they were just created by design to do what they do. Exactly. You know what I mean? So right. I wouldn't have told myself anything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and I was fortunate enough to have a support, a family system that was supportive. My personal, okay. my media family. Okay. So I had the moral standing, the the um the sensibilities and the morals and stuff like that already instilled. There was factory equipment. Mm, you like know what I mean? So before, you know, I was <laughs> always mm. yeah, and I was always. <laughs> I was, you know, bred to know that if I decide to do a thing and I work hard and put the effort in, it's going to become a reality. Right. You know, something that a lot of people aren't afforded. Yeah. You know, so I don't take it for granted at all. At one time I did because I used to think that everybody, you know, that was a, you know, was privy to that, you know, but I found that not to be true years down the road. Now, Three the Hard Way is a song that kind of like to me catapults you to the next level and. I want you to take me back to that time because that, I mean, when I first seen it, on, I think the first time I ever seen a video was on Rhapsody BET. And, and and I'm just like, wow, you know, listening on a CD is one thing, but actually seeing the visuals is another and the way you was flowing and your body moving in the video the whole nine. Can you take me back to that time, like the process, like how it was back then? You know, just give me like, like when you think about that session you know how long it took you you said it's one take but the other two mcs that were on it there was a one take for them like take me back to that time the whole the whole thing the whole way collage came together as i was saying earlier um Mm -hmm. it was all just the approach was very casual okay not the work ethic but the approach okay like hip-hop is intended to begin the beginning like people just got together with what they had and made some art Right. That's what that was. It wasn't no pressure. It wasn't nothing. Mm-hmm. They didn't even know that Premier was producing the track. He killed that. This track, is man. this is the type of this is the type of um. He killed that. This track. is the type of person that I I mm-hmm. see and I know that I am. Like I right. paid for into a lot of careers that mm-hmm. are some most some right. are household names down. You know whatever that has that's again that's been factory equipment for me to pay for it into people's lives in that way. And maybe it's one of my. Callers for callings, yeah. yeah. So, um, it's and that's a gift and a curse sometimes, you know, because you can get exploited in that position a lot. Mm. Can you, know you talk I mean? about that? Like, just people aligning themselves with you or attaching them, not even gonna say alignment because that's like divine, but I'm talking about like attaching right. themselves to you to exploit you for your their connection to you for resources, right? When, when you when you're hot or when you're in the position that you have a certain amount of leverage where you can get things done more effectively and efficiently than yeah. most when you're in a certain rung in right. the game, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, okay? Um, you know, just just the whole thing, that whole thing mainly though, yeah. But but getting back to three the hard way, so I had assessed the game at the time, it was never done before. It yeah. was never. It was never a female. Salt and Pepper didn't was the exception, but they were already a group Ooh. and a unit. I'm talking right. about the, a, a real like they used to call it posse cuts. It did collaboration, but it was called posse, posse cut back, back then. then. Was never all girl one that spit like that. No, mm-hmm. no girls. Wasn't no politics. This before my my era in terms of mainstream releases and stuff was the last era where individuality and true creativity and your authentic voice was celebrated you were signed for being original exactly. that was the last era for that everything else has been repetitive of what we ushered in in terms of styles sound signs sounds and all of that 
I'm glad you brought that up because I always say to me, the 90s is my favorite ever in music, period. I don't care what genre you pick. Mm. You can pick hip hop. You can pick R&B. Well, it doesn't matter. That's the one. Like that is because to me, everybody that came out in that era was so creative, and it, it, to me, it wasn't a whole lot of biting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like veterans back then check people when mm-hmm. they biting, and now we don't do that. Can you talk about like being a veteran and seeing how hip hop has evolutionized and how we don't really pull up these young people? Where even they don't pay homage. Like, I feel like you got to pay homage or you got to know your history before you get in the game. Because to me, if you want to be a true MC, you got to study the art that you're trying to get in. Well, the reason why people don't do that, and, this is, and hip-hop is the only genre when we're talking about the music where the seasoned professionals or pioneers are not celebrated, where women's voices are marginalized. In every industry, I went, uh, as women, our voices are marginally, and we're marginalized or we're oppressed. Yes. Like the pay scale is way different for men than it is women across the board in all industries. That's a fact. Um, so let's start there. So then the second thing um, mm-hmm. would be it was shunned upon because people had a high regard for art. Right. It's disposable now. It's treated as a disposable product now because it became commercialized so when it became commercialized it became looked more in terms of like a marketing tool as opposed to the art form being celebrated and focused on that's true you know and so that's why in the Mm -hmm. mainstream formats of mass media you have like people they get upset about mumble rap and stuff like that but advertising dollars People on commercial radio was run on advertising dollars and contracts to support products being sold. Yeah, that's true. And the way that they reach those demographic of people to sell those products or build an awareness about those products is doing the Mm. popular catchy music. So it's not about the skill set. It's about the marketing power that Mm -hmm. that song or that product or that piece of um, work or material, whatever you want to call it. How that's being presented and created. Well, created and presented. That's true. And I also think, I also feel in hip-hop, the word relevant has a lot of power. Do how? You s- how so? Because, I'm going to tell you, because I feel like, all right, I'll give you an example. So, if, if someone that's a veteran that'll come out with a song or do something, like let's just say LL, for instance. He actually dropped a single a couple years ago. And it kind of like, to the core LL fans, of course, they're going to be in it. But to the younger generation, they like... He old. He not relevant. He don't matter. And even with Monique, the Netflix situation, because she's not relevant or her work is not is two or three years old. She can't capitalize on that bread like somebody that's like a, a Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock. But that's an illusion that that the powers that be create if you don't understand how to move in your lane and what your focus happens to be. OK, if you want to be a household name or if you want to still play on that tier or mm-hmm. be successful in that tier, then you got to conform to what. The whole process is formulaic, so you got to conform to what's mm-hmm. being exploited or what's going to be packaged and presented. Okay. You got to conform to that format. If you're not willing to do that, if you present it as a, if you present your art as a free thinker, if you take that approach, then you're gonna have to go a scenic route. Right. In order to get that, but it doesn't mean that you're that you're irrelevant because you're always relevant somewhere because it's intellectual property, so it increases in value. It doesn't depreciate; it's perpetual. <laughs> see, you see, you get you, get, you asking my, me, so I'm just telling you because right, a lot of people, like, and I, I know that they, I know that to be a myth, right? You know, because I've been touring since 1996. Only, and I buy choice i stopped touring like four or five years ago because my i had a personal issue with my mom you know okay. my mom fell ill okay you know and so i needed to chill you know right but right. i'm on my fourth passport though so and i haven't <laughs> had anything out since 1996 so why am i still touring i right. was j- and i just in october 2017 it was just, it was no, i was just and but i performed in front of seventy five thousand people off my old catalog See, and that's what I mean, and that, and that's what I mean because so who not relevant though, like, right? That and I don't that, know where that where they do that at. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. But see, I already know that because like when you hear when you don't hear about D'Angelo or Maxwell, and you think they're not they relevant, working exactly, but they're overseas, right? And a lot they and, could and, be home too because I've been touring home too. Right. My no. thing is, I don't mean, I don't mean right. in my own backyard. I don't mean Philadelphia. What I mean, mean, I've been touring regionally, Cali, Cali wherever. You know what yeah. I mean? My thing is, my visibility is is um, is sparse. It's, 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 
mm-hmm. in increments right. by choice, though. Okay. Because I'm not willing to compromise. Like I'm, you're not gonna offer me a chicken wing platter and a can soda and think I'm gonna be cool with that. Not giving my legacy, not giving the work that I put in, not giving right. the indelible so mark you, that I left on the world, the music scene, world music scene, scene at large. Right. Not. You know, not as yeah. I represent Philadelphia because I'm a Philadelphian. Right. So that's that's innate. But to say that to to limit what my contribution, my God given contribution, has been to the culture or is to the culture, no. Because my style, especially my first album, I know that for a fact that it left an indelible mark on the whole culture of hip hop. Absolutely, it definitely did. Bahamadia. You know. I, and I know that I know I'm a cornerstone Like even for collage today I know it's it's at least Five or six people That's mainstream With Grammys That I know for a fact I can hear my own influence mm, In the deep. music You know that's what deep. I mean I think that the position Should be when, when that happens When people assess your music Like that Or your legacy that way mm-hmm. Once you get solidified and, and your lane is established Because take care of yourself right. Go back if these people are still active and stuff, go back and let them consult you. Let them do some project coordinating. Right. Let them do some guest appearances. Let them tour for you. Right. You know, it's certain it's lanes that you can do to honor you. You're supposed to honor your teachers by paying them and acknowledging them. That's a fact. You know, not not taking their let go trying to, to to distort or revise their legacy for right. your own benefit. Right. And then turn around and say that you you're you're an advocate for the culture of hip hop. Mm-hmm. That's you fact. know, that's the reason why, you know, I, it's in this, the state that it's in now and it has been exploited. Mm-hmm. Every you can call anybody like every other genre. They all go to school. They study. Mm-hmm. They all play, read, write everything. Yes. This is the only culture and lifestyle mm-hmm. that you can like come from nothing to something and make something out of it. Right. But at the end of the day, we still should be celebrated. Mm hmm. You know, because some people are present to our positions are to be gatekeepers that's for the true. culture. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how the legacy, that's why the younger um, generation or the now generation that are hip hop practitioners, that's why you have a Joey Badass that doesn't even realize that his sound was primarily influenced from somebody that did some stuff that was already out. That's why you have a Kendrick never had done a collaboration with a Bahamadia or a Pharaoh Mach or somebody. Right. Yeah. That's why you Mach. wouldn't have that. That's you know my what I mean? Right there, I really like him. It, that's crazy. Like it's a lot of different people that mm-hmm. are in. I don't want to say the trenches, but they're just in um, the underground economy in the okay. world music scene. Okay. Because they their path or their career dictates that they now have to be DIY artists. Mm. You know what I mean? Which okay. I don't think is bad because hip hop started on DIY. Oh, uh, okay. We put our own records out. That's true. That's true. You know, and I watched it unfold. Like I was a youth when. I remember mm-hmm. when I, I remember um, that's why it was so popular to even go to the show to see the rappers because you didn't know what they looked like because their records wasn't even on videos wasn't even out. Right. So their records was their face wasn't even on the 12 inches that they put out. So that means you had to go to the show shows to see to what see they what looked they look like. like. Yeah. And when we went to the shows and this is me as a youth and I'm a full grown woman now. When I was <laughs> a youth and we went to the shows, the people, the first people that we saw was yeah. grown. They was in their 30s and stuff. We was young like, damn, they old. <laughs> Right. But the but that reflected the content of the music. That's why right. you had substance and stuff like that and different subject matters and stuff mm-hmm. that seemed to be timeless like Melly Mel's the message and different things like that. Because yes. you had somebody that was an adult that knew how to translate that that trauma experience mm-hmm. in reality right. in a way that was palatable to, to a lot of people. You right. know what I mean? Definitely. And that, I think that's the art that's missing too. Yeah. That element of creative in, in hip hop, creating hip hop. I also feel like fashion has changed tremendously mm. in fa- in hip hop. I mean, you know, from the little Uzi verts, and and there's no shade to no one, but it's just not. When I look at how the Gazelles and the Adidas and how we influence so many different fashion brands, you know, from Fubu, I can go on and on. And you look at how it has transcended. I'm not knocking nobody, you know, to each his own, but I just feel like it's totally different. It is 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 something that I never seen before. What are your thoughts on it? It's indicative of the times. Okay. You know what I mean? This mu this music on our culture has been marketed or promoted and and yeah, marketed and promoted as being a youth oriented culture. Okay. And so if it's the voice supposedly of the youth, then it's indicative of the times that Wherever the youth are at So when people say Well you want Where where is the world Where is the world at All you gotta do is Assess youth culture And it'll tell you where it is Mm. 
You know what I mean? Just assess it and it'll tell right you where there. it is. The mumble <laughs> rap the mumble rap can be associated with schools being the clothes, the funding of schools cut. Yes. Yeah. The crack epidemic. We're on like the fourth, how many generations now? Three or four generations now. And then now. the pill epidemic. These are the, and but the these, syrup. And they came from the, the crack era. They came just before the crack era in the 80s. Right. Okay, so now these keys kids, they would, these is the grandkids and the kids of the kids. Yeah. That's the result of that. Okay. That's, That's associated with that, you know, right. social, economically. <laughs> I guess a lot of different, you know, it's propaganda that's associated with what we what we're witnessing. But I think it just is the elder statesman, you know, other culture and stuff like that. My mm. position is not to downplay anybody because I remember when when it was a time when people. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think that this was going to last as long as it was. They thought it was a fad, or they didn't consider it to be music. Same with rock and roll. Same with jazz. Same with anything that was new that yeah. shook the foundation of the world. Right. Definitely. You know, it got people awoke. So, you know, it's it's just it's just a lot. And my thing is, mm-hmm. I don't point fingers. My thing is, I just right. assess the situation and find out where I can be a possible. You know, solution or alternative to what's being exploited, or you know, right, an advocate, e- exactly. Yeah, but only the things that I believe and know to be true, though. Right. I ain't trying to be pretentious about nothing. You know, be <laughs> fake just to get in the lane. Yeah, exactly. Because it's popular. You know. Now you have a dear friend, <laughs> Rod Digger, and she tweeted a list, and I, I want to share this list with you. I agree with some of it, but then some of it, I'm just like, I don't know. But she's an artist, and she's an MC, and she's definitely dope. So I do value her opinion. So she had Impact and Legacy, Roxanne Chate, Queen Lativa, MC Light, Lauren Hill, Little Kim, Missy is the sixth man. I get it. Then she has still got bars herself, you, of course, Bahamadia, Ray, Jean Grey, Gangsta Boo, and the sixth man is Eve. What do you have? I want to know which which I, I don't want you to give me a specific list per se, but I just want to know your thoughts on the evolution of all like you know them MCs that were named. Where would you? How would you rank some of them? Like where would you put them? Well, first of all, I think I should be on both the lists. I, in I all agree. due respect, I agree because with that. going back to like I said, my debut. <laughs> first of all, in the history of hip hop, my album was the first one that was ever written and produced. By a female with her own organic perspective and all of that. Really? Every every rap every rap album that was ever out, with the exception of the Brat, okay, was all orchestrated with men associated with it. They had ghostwriters. Mine okay. was the first one where I wrote all my own lyrics and stuff that was acknowledged as writing. All okay. the concepts came from me. It wasn't I brought my own marketing plan? Everything you see was organically me. They supported it. Because it was so diverse So they didn't know what to do So they had to come to me Thinking that I would know Which direction that it was to go in Wow You know I, I didn't even know that. What a marketing plan That's that And then The Brett She was the first Female Solo female To go um, Platinum To go platinum But When she went platinum Which is, is It's one for the team Right The difference between Her album and mine If we, if we were to even Try to compare them Would be that She had an influence her first single that helped her catapult into that level was influenced by Snoop Dogg's sound. Oh yeah, yeah. When I when I in retro when I think back and think about that, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Because the, yeah, the, the funk, the funk, the whole bravado, the whole Collins, what, everything, that whole Collins even her cadence, sound. all of that. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and but but I know that that was that was probably marketing because that's a part of the machine is to go in and exploit whatever lane is already winning right. because that's the cog that's that's the system of you know being commercial okay. but mine's to be on a commercial platform and had five singles out and had a label backing me from an organic with nothing but scratch it was unheard of and then being a single mother or two coming from where i came from with a natural hairstyle that wasn't even a trend or anything at that time yeah because every all the other female mcs they had to show skin they had to have a certain hairstyle they well, had to was, be attached well, at, to a male like you know Lil kim was attached to biggie foxy was attached to Nas and jay so yeah definitely and, and you you wasn't like when i look at you like some people were like you were like a like an extra member to the roots but i don't look at it like no that. and actually and let's clear this up actually <laughs> The route I paid for went into their career. So because the first single that we did on, well, they asked me to be on a remix. So I think it was Proceed and one of them. Yeah. That was the first time they have ever gotten commercial airplay. Right. I was already charting and all of that. 
Okay, so yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, I so, didn't know that. That's yeah, you know, that's why they asked deep. me to come on tour, but I right. didn't know the business of music, so I didn't know that being associated with certain things when you get a certain leverage and stuff like that, that that's a plus. Right. For somebody to align themselves with you, right. and of course I would align myself with them. I, mean, I would, would agree to to work with them because they're phenomenal. Number one, they they're great at what they do. Absolutely, you know, and and they do Black Thought. Come on, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I didn't know them prior to that. Right. Oh, you didn't. You I didn't know them. anybody prior to that because I got my deal in New York. So you was going back and forth. I was going back. I had I cut the single for Funk Vibe in Philly. But right. um, when it started charting and stuff like that, I never went through the open mics and none of that. Mine was straight to the majors. I ain't do none of that. I went literally went from the bedroom basement straight out there. Ain't what no. You cut the middleman out because mostly no middle artists. Because all the artists of the day, they go through Cosmic Kev. Like, it wasn't none of that. <laughs> wasn't none like, of that. She was like, I went straight. I went York. straight there, and then the, and then Yo. the people that like that, that right. um, where I had. What where my business acumen was developed at? Um, I was always taught there was always a budget for something. You you never compromise your worth, which I that was supported my factory stuff from my home upbringing. Yeah, your factory um, equipment. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, you know you you can any deal can be negotiated. All those different things I learned that from somebody that showed me that, and I saw I actually they told me that, but I actually saw them implementing what they was teaching me. Right. So I picked up on it. I bought, I bought um Donald Passman's All You Need to Know About the Music Business. I think it was edition two at the time. Was the gold with the um crimson writing on it. Right. And the book was twenty five dollars. You know what I mean the <laughs> Gucci's you- the Gucci's is one fifty at the time. <laughs> So I mean well, that's an investment in yourself. I was going to John Wanamaker's to get the Gucci's. That's where I'm from. <laughs> we got the Gucci's. The Gucci sh- original Gucci shop was in Center City on Market yeah. Street. Yeah, but a lot of people was going to Lane City. That's to the, get the second sneakers. wave. Yeah, that's that- when the leather high tops came out. That's my era. <laughs> That's my era. That's what I, you know, the chunk jewelry, the yeah. boxes, the, the well, we, yeah. we we wore Cazelles, but we wore like Neil styles and stuff, Ty Christian Dior's and stuff like that. We wore John Paul Mary, okay. Joe and John Paul Mary custom stuff. What about Elise's and Deodores? You ain't rocking none of those. We wore like hoop sportive. Okay, Elise's that was an upscale like tennis brand, so we yeah. wore but the tennis skirts and stuff like that. Right. But our our style in Philly at that time was really um, cutting edge, like it was more um, high fashion. Right. But more um, sophisticated and elegant. That's yeah. what we. That's what we focused on. Real right. clean lines. Right. That's why if you look at any of the old pictures, we was never gaudy. Even when we wore <laughs> trunk jewelry, it was always subtle. Right. But pronounced. That's yeah. our thing. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. Like thinking about like the fashion from back in the day, the gazelle. Like I'm thinking about mm-hmm. what I had on. I used to rock the tie one sweatsuits all the oh, time. Oh, tie. Yeah, tie. When we used to call yeah. them ti. Oh, you got them right. from Boys or whatever, Sergio Tucchini. That was another one that we um be rocked. We wore the top ones, yeah. yeah. What I want to know, though, is you went on a sort of a hiatus. Like, you had like a gap where we didn't see you. So I was over in Europe touring. All that time? Mm-hmm. Are you, so you lived there? Did no, you, I just frequented it so much I may as well have. And I was a matriarch of my family too, so naturally I was gonna come home. I'm a single parent. I had kids. Right. Yeah. I was come home, make sure they good. I wasn't missing no recitals. I wasn't missing, yeah. you know, the birthdays and you right. know what I mean. Because after collage, you you dropped the BB King, Queen. Correct? Queen. That was two years later. But and another thing too, I had to live my art, so I'm just want transparent in it. But I gotta go out and live. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why I took always had a hiatus is in between the releases. Okay. In between those releases, I was always working, like touring and stuff like that. Mainly abroad because the checks was just better. I've been getting paid in <laughs> Europe for a minute. You know what I'm saying? So you, so do you feel like? Let me ask you this: Do you feel like your fan base is 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 very enormous in Europe as opposed to the the, the states? I think my fan base is is astronomical universally. <laughs> I like, think there's just you, I think it it, it does because my time my my experience is is that. And okay. I know what what I you know what type of art I um, materialize, right. but um, that's crazy. In man. in the information age, it's just about connecting to those people. Okay, the people they don't know what I'm doing, so they find right. through through the platform of social media and stuff. People are starting to find that out. You know what I mean? People coming. Oh, you still active? Yeah. And when you listen, oh wow, you when you do this, I did this like last week. Right. Oh, I thought this. You know. Oh, when you do this, oh, I did that like five years ago. <laughs> 
but it's new to you. That's why yeah, I'm saying it's you perpetual. Ain't see it. yeah, you, ain't you ain't see it. it. You ain't. Some of them might not have visuals to it and stuff. But that's why I sustaining too. You know, and then really attributing. I can't. I can't not say it wasn't the grace of you know my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Absolutely, God you know, is good. That's the reason why. That's the real reason why. God is good. God Even is we good. doing anything, you know what I'm saying. That's so I, true. I can't leave that out. You know, there's nothing second to that. But by His grace, you know that that's the reason why. Your career. I'm been sustained, so long. and sustained? that's that's what I was. Cre- I'm created to do that. Like in in this round, mm-hmm. you know, it's gonna materialize because I'm prepared now spiritually. Okay. To to handle right. that role as a leader, that role as an influencer. Right. In these times we in, did you see that thing about the uh? The um the intelligence the um artificial intelligence robot Sophia Mm-mm. that's got citizenship in Saudi Arabia like we're in some really really different times yeah we are you Definitely. know and, and it's Donald just Trump, Donald Russia, Trump all this kind of a lot of stuff going and on and women's real, rights and I want to talk a little bit about that too on. um you know you being an advocate for hip hop and also you just you a queen you consider yourself your queen your name or your instagram is queen and you always represent to me even back since 1990 as a queen mm-hmm. you never was in the tabloids for nothing you know you never was it was you never was raunchy your presentation was always modest and commendable and 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 i and i think a lot of female artists need to take a page from you and and and, and that's what i mean by these new people they don't know about the Bahamadias of the world. You know what I mean? I think that's by design, though. And I think okay. more people, I'm on more people's radars or artists like me on more people's radars than they acknowledge. Okay. Because it's beneficial for them to try to keep people like us a secret so they can continue to draw from us without compensating us, to be honest. Mm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, you I know, see. I know that for a fact because I've seen it. I've actually seen people that had major deals. And this has been throughout the 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 course of my career and even in other genres borrowing from my aesthetic and stuff like that my core aesthetic you know and i'm not the only one it's a lot of people have you have you ever had to go to court for stuff like that like where you had to sue people well that's my spiritual id so you can never be me you know and i right. look at it like it's an indicator to continue because people are not going to try to, to emulate nothing that's not <laughs> that's not impactful great. it's not phenomenal right that's you can true. be good <laughs> You could be great. We talking about phenomenal here. Okay, I know that's right. Mm-hmm. Bahamadia, yeah. she breaking it down. One thing I want to ask you, what, what I thought was groundbreaking, was you made an album in your car. Like, how, oh yeah, like, like listen, see, okay, now, see, now that's, that's, now that's that, see, that's what you, you we just was talking, <laughs> and you just, I'm bringing this up to say, well, then how the hell you do that? Like, how did that come about? See that because I'm built to do what I do, <laughs> and and again you can assess that, but you don't have the mind capacity to think on a level because that's the gift that I was given to have that kind of insight. Like it's classified, but every it is everybody that you know, that's I can only attribute it to the Most High because they're not my thoughts though. That's when true. you really think about that in a natural context, like who would sit down, anything that's been groundbreaking has been materialized because it's already there. I don't believe in manifestations. I believe in in materialization. Because I believe the things are already there. You just pulling them down pulling from them what down you get, from, right? From, 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 from up the man above, above. right? So you know, with that, you know, that's how that's why how powerful words are. Talk you it. literally can speak things Talk into it. existence. You know what I'm saying? That, I agree. That with That whole metaphysical thing. So with that being said, it's like that. It came from that. It came from a need to be wanting to to create mm-hmm. and be in a position where you should be able to do that at any money should never be an uh, option or obstacle. To restrict you from being who you was created to be in that way if you're artistic. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, you know, what's the quickest way to get my art out when Mm -hmm. I just, I ain't got time to be booking no time for no studio. The idea is flowing. I need to be able to do that ASAP. And then it became, wow, this could be a powerful tool to teach with. Mm. This could be something to to, to help impact the youth and get them, you know, other alternatives. Right. Different franchise youth, homeless teens, stuff like that. At one yeah. time, um, giving them a platform or some tools that right. they can express their traumas. They can express. People are not listening to them. That's true. People don't listen to them. People don't regard them as being important or yeah. value right. unless they're being exploited a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's why we got bullying and, and, and that's why we got high school rated sky high. That's sky high. Yeah, yeah that's why. Because they're not babies, but they're not adults. But then they sometimes they're supposed to act like they're 
They're supposed to be submissive, and sometimes you want them to take on all this responsibility mm-hmm. that they're not equipped to do psychologically. It's a lot. Yeah, you know, definitely. so so just p- providing platforms or, or at least mm-hmm. some outlets for the creative kids, you know what right. I mean, stuff like that. The youth, I don't want to call them kids, yeah. but youth, yeah. So it spawned from that, and it just turned into its own thing. It be, just became a thing, yeah. and then um, people didn't believe me when I first dropped the first one, the car session video. Yeah, that I came about because people was like, "Uh, mm-hmm. want, are you serious?" I was like, "Yeah, I did this in my car." So then, um. I got a visual shot to it, which is right. also a tutorial. Okay. You know, it's multi-purpose. That's dope. So, that yeah. so dope. Yeah. Do you think that you being a DJ could Dialed trip- up, that's the name, but I'm sorry. I never said the name. I'm sorry. Oh, dialed up. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you being a DJ early on contributes to your producing and creating? Because yeah. a lot of a lot of DJs, you know, like Swiss Beats, Timberland, then they wind up being producers ultimately. Do you think that it'll be your next- round just strictly producing and would you work with other artists that's other female artists or artists period that's trying to seek out instruments and you know music to to, to come out with projects well yeah my focus has always been to do that though always love um taking something from the ground up and helping the mold and shape it and guide it right so that's that's a thing that i just love to do okay um and that's always been something that's been um operable in my career since my career i just didn't know that it was called producing okay that's why I always got co-production credits or executive producer at a certain time. Once I start, once you start seeing my name as executive producer, that's right. when you knew I had more hands on. Exactly. Um, but I always did that. Like I write all my own stuff, my my song structures and arrangements was always all came from me. And I'm like, well, they the producer, so basically you're not producing me. I'm going to the studio and I'm doing the work for you. Right. But I thought that was a part of the process. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, but you getting a check for doing. <laughs> Partially, right. Me doing bulk of what you doing, you basically programming in the beat, right? It's a distinction. It is. If you any, especially if you bring in the sound like in one of my projects, I actually bring the vinyl in. Like I want this right here, I want that right there. Came with because when I get my my vision for my projects, I get the whole ideas, I get the visuals and all of that. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, that's right what, if it there, come right then and there, the whole rollout. Yeah. And so I'm bringing each song I'm doing, I'm bringing it to you, right. and I'm and I'm giving you a list. This is how I wanted to go X, Y, and Z, a four bar, this and that. That's that's producing, right? Yeah. <laughs> she like. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure, you know. But I always, but but like, I, but yeah. but but some of these people that have the leverage that I didn't have at the time, right? Um. It was an honor to be associating with these people. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, humble yourself and learn. Exactly. It's good L's and bad L's. Sometimes people would pay a lot of money to mm-hmm. go to school to learn engineering and mixing and all this other stuff. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? Where I'm, I'm, I'm afforded the opportunity to do that live and direct in a real time setting where the profession is actually this is the profession. Exactly. You know, so I was learning. I was absorbing everything. And you it was it fun. Like a sponge. Yeah, you know, so, but it's different now. So, and then too, it was like a pay forward into my career. Because sometimes you do have to bite the bullet, like, look, I don't care what your insight is or what you think you know about mm-hmm. what your position entails at that time. If you're entry level, just respect the fact that XYZ got six Grammys. Respect and humble yourself. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. You want to, the power is in the relationships. Right. Sometimes That's true. you can talk yourself in a situation and talk yourself, yourself out, out of, of one, situation. get in your own way. So I, yeah. I learned that one the hard way, you know. Yeah. But it's a different story now because I know that the time that I put in mm-hmm. affords me the right to dictate what I know that I should get for my work. I know that's right. You know. You demand. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. Now, what I want to ask you before we go, this is my last question. I, I just need your opinion, Bahamadi. Now, this is this is I need you to straight answer. Listen. <laughs> top five Philly MCs of all time and top five female MCs of all time. I don't have it. I can, I never get involved with them kind of lists because everybody <laughs> is great in their own right <laughs> and for you. different reasons. For different reasons, okay. that could change because I listen to mu- music according to mood. Okay, so something that that resonated with in me. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, is not maybe don't resonate with me the same way as in 2018, vice versa. Okay. It could have been last minute. Last week, I could have heard somebody. And okay. then they did something corny, and I'm just was like, this is just not my thing. No, I'm just not. I'm off that. Okay. I see what you're saying. Or I meet you, and you just not nothing like I, 
<laughs> like you projected yourself or to presented be. yourself to be in the music, especially in this art form. It's supposed to be anti-establishment right. until it became commercialized. That's I'm true. still on that, so <laughs> that varies. You know what like, I mean? But who are you checking for now? Like who? Like who are you listening? Like who's in your playlist? I just want to know who is who's your, who's your, what's your taste? Like who you who you think is dope? That's new. That's a new artist. I thought if you talking about Philly, I like the young girl, um, Bree Stevies. Oh yeah, Bree Stevies. She, she, not, I actually reached out to her. Yeah, not only is she talented, mm-hmm. but she humble too. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful inside and out. You know what I mean? Okay. She's just real and humble. Okay. Um. I love Lean Beans. I think she needs some direction. Yes, yes. I'm glad you professionally. Said her. Oh I think my she needs the right. She needs. She they they was they honored me at my tribute. They did my 20th year anniversary for collage. Oh, the, in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she came the, through. Um, they came she, through and she killed came through? it. They came through and killed it. What's the challenge getting up with her? That's because oh, she I'm, just young and trying to see, find her, hold her cards to her chest. I understand, but I'm she's so somebody glad. I really would like to mentor. Please, can you? I'm I think she's an. Ex- I really think she's an extension her. of the B girl aesthetic from what I represent. Yes, in that's the context, why I and love I love her, so her. Even her story about her mom, mom and all that. Oh my god, she I've been is following so her trans- for a while. Like, she like, she's so been on my radar for a minute. Music. She been and she's dope, and she been on my radar Come for on, a while. Lane, we need you. She, on, I'm gonna reach out to her. Like, yeah. I want y'all to please. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta mentor her. I love she Lane She was actually supposed to come on the podcast. But something, something happened and she reached back out. She's like, Bugsy, it's so unprofessional. I'm so sorry. Like, man, I, I interviewed her like three times already. Mm-hmm. I love Lean Bean. Lean Bean this year, especially for the youth. Um, Meek Mill. Yeah. And Free Meek Mill. Yeah, Free Meek Mill, definitely. Uh, Meek Mill. And I've been messing with him since the Rose Red, since the braids. <laughs> she like Since the DVD you, you don't know who on your radar, but right. understand it. Like, I'm an authentic hip hopper. Like, people right. be like, sometimes people. They have a, a regard for me because I'm an elder, so they looking at me like, "How you like him?" No, they looking at me like they putting me down. I'm like, "But that's what I do, though. This is what I do." Yeah. You know who he is? What you mean? Do you know who I am? <laughs> if you knew who I was, and you would know who you was, you wouldn't exactly. even ask me no question if you was authentic. Exactly. Because exactly. you want you you identify your own like this like this connection. Yeah, this ain't just every like day. how you know, and just how you was looking at me. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I followed you. You follow me back. I was like, dang, mama did follow me. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. And then you just been checking me out. And I've been always been checking you out. Mm-hmm. So just authentic. It's just that you 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 hip hop in this capacity. You a gatekeeper for, you know, preserving the correct, you know, articulate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Accounts media, of what's going on in the, the media, media aspect of it. Yeah. You see, you once you understand your position, that's how the the, the culture stays vibrant and stays, if you want to say relevant. Yes. Because it's historical value to everything that we do. It's just misappropriated because we don't have people operating in their right lanes. They yeah. want to be over here when they should be in their own lane. Facts. Facts. And that's what it is. Once we get that, it's it's, it's changing, though. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it's I changing. see it's getting better. And mm-hmm. I see a lot of pioneers and, and older people getting back really into hip-hop, like really like putting music out, doing things in it. And I, I just see change. I, from When I look at the end of 2017 going into, I see a little change in hip-hop and I'm like, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm loving glad, the fiber. I'm glad I'm glad that everybody is is now thriving or, um, you know, that everybody is working again. Everybody is maximizing. They, they're starting to come into the knowledge because of the technology and stuff. Mm-hmm. Their awareness is there quicker that they have their legacy can still thrive. Thrive. They can still maximize the, you know, yes. monetize it. Yes. Um, I think that's cool. What I would like though, mm-hmm. and from that's from every facet of the industry and every facet of the culture, I wanna say hip hop, is for people to assess themselves creatively and be honest about what their position entails. Cause some people just be happy with the fact that you working again. You time joiner. You know the time joiner crews join. Yeah. Like that's your lane. Don't right. don't try to mingle and do or try to trend or whatever because your yeah. lane is you was a staple for that era. Right. That's gonna always as long as you keep yourself up and take yeah. care of yourself, right. people gonna always wanna hear what you had to say because it invokes a t- a good time for a lot of people. Yeah. Especially in these times. Definitely. Just be happy with being that. Right. And you know he's I mean? already a legend. He already Anybody, had a Yeah, you had your time. Like right. it, some time. people both itself. Itself, it did. Yeah. Some people just prolific. It's only a handful of us. That's true. It's only a handful. That's true. Some people convince themselves they that they work dictate something else. They mm-hmm. bitter at everybody. 
<laughs> yeah. And even with the younger ones, like, you know, or the more current, I'm going to say. Yeah. Some people, you was just, you was that thing for that time period. You was right. to maximize that and build something else. Right. But again, I don't want to say the gatekeepers so much, but the people that season, we need mentorship programs within the culture. We do. We do. And another thing that was brought up on a drink chance. Not podcast. from a bunch of not from a bunch of bitter people that no. mad because they didn't get they just, just dues, dues and all, and all but all people that, that no. just want to see for the greater good, good. want to see the work being done effectively. And, and another efficient. thing that was brought up on a drink chance podcast, and I and I think this is something that should happen too. An insurance policy, like like medical insurance or mm-hmm, some mm-hmm, kind of insurance mm-hmm, policies mm-hmm. for for us in hip hop. Mm-hmm. So that way you know, we don't, it's not so much about Obamacare or nothing like that, but we have our own where if something happened to a Buster Rhymes or anybody, we can, we got our card. Like, look, this is hip hop insurance. You know, it works. It's or, like any other of them. Or, or how about, you know, or how about partnering up with agencies that's already there has been benefiting from us? Like, you know, you got your BMIs, you got your ASCAPs and your CSECs. How about they have a division? See, yes. I don't want to talk too deep about that because I know I get paid for my thoughts. <laughs> so that's a conversation that you know you, you can, can really have in depth, yeah. you know, with, with, with these people. people. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? But definitely, yeah. you know, that thing the games to be sold, not told. Like yeah. I'm trained now to know when to pull back. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I'm giving you enough. Yeah, definitely. You know, but I, I do agree with you though. I agree that um there should be some incentives in place for people that have dedicated their lives to the culture, and because so it's long. so sad to see somebody pass, and then they have to have a, a GoFundMe campaign or a fish fry, yeah, or like, something. But that comes financial literacy. You know, you are are you when you get in your money. What are you doing? Are you are you getting with financial planners to help you plan your money off of these lean times? And your retirement and all that. And your that. retirement, you're not doing that. You're booking it up. You, 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 exactly. You're you not doing women, none of that. You're drinking. You're drugging. You so, got to so leave partial, that shit alone. Right. So partially, it's that's not. Fault. Yeah, partially. Yeah. yeah. But but that's a mindset that's cultivated, though. Yeah. And it's not encouraged in the yep. business of music because it's to keep you like. Keep you. Then enable so you mm-hmm. can get robbed. That's that why it's promoted as youth culture. Facts. Yeah. But shout out to Lil Uzi Vert. They giving him a hard time out there in some parts. Yeah. And I think I commend him for being original. Right. Anything I had to say about him and his music or his movement that I if I ever had anything to disagree with it about, that's a conversation we could have. We gotta link through drama if right. necessary, if I needed to talk to him. Right. Um but I like what he's doing in there. He's being himself, he's original. Definitely. He he doesn't sound like the typical Artists in that lane, he mm-hmm. got he carved his own lane out. He did, he did, I, he really, really did. And I think that he has more depth and more, um, more styles. That sound is working for him. But I it think is. that he, at, at a certain time, if he wanted to reinvent himself, he could reinvent himself. Same thing with Sean Smith. Remember, he was Young Savage at one time. Yeah. Look at him now. Oh my God, he's unbelievable. Look at him guy. now. I really like him. Given given the opportunity of being with somebody that helped pour and edify him and encourage him mm-hmm. to be who he was created to, to be. be. And get you know get in the and booth and tell tra- his story. And that's why he transcended the way he did. That's what I'm saying. Because he wasn't he was young savage, but that wasn't really that wasn't ever him. him exactly. Nope. Nope. And getting you know getting with people that help to cultivate and support the vision. Exactly. So that's a good he's a good example, example. of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like what um, Asia Spark. She be working hard. She does. I follow her. That she be working so hard. I remember um, everything was at the Philly Hip Hop Awards and she was there and um. Yeah. I just saw something in her. She was she was rapping. Mm-hmm. She was rhyming so hard. So I got emotional because I was like, I hope she don't think that what she offering is not mm-hmm. penetrating right. the realm she's trying to penetrate. You know, it's right. a psychological thing sometimes, especially yeah. for women. Yeah. And and I and I saw that look on her face and I was like, I just hope that she get the kind of look that she deserved. She put the work in and deserve, you know. Yeah. So she's somebody, Miss Jade, Miss Jade been she, around, Miss Jade still consistent, her and Nina Ross, shout yeah. out to them. Yeah. Um, who else? You just asked me about Philly artists. But right now they'll they'll probably be the ones that I most um right. have been on my radar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bahamadia, I really appreciate you coming on this podcast. This oh, I had a ball. Thanks, Buggy, for letting me yap because you know I'll be rapping. <laughs> <laughs> I don't just rap, I'll be rapping. <laughs> well, if I'm comfortable, I don't do that with everybody. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you, Bahamadia, and I can't wait to see what you got coming up. Tell mm-hmm. them how they can follow you, what's your next projects. 
this has really been surreal for me because I'm I'm a student of the game and I've been listening to hip hop since 1987 and I just love it and I'm and I'm going to continue to fight for the culture. I'm going to continue to give great content and mm-hmm. once again I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate you too. In formats like this, that you know, it's not no politics involved. It's just about substance and quality yes. and just and just revering mm-hmm. you know our culture to the degree of wanting to help preserve it and yes. pass on the heritage. That's all. Definitely. So I appreciate you too, Bugsy, and keep up the good work thank you you thank know you, thank i really you. continue success to you i see thank you growing oh yeah i see um, you growing listen. it's all organic Shout out too to so that my means engineer eric this yeah, guy what's been up, with eric? Me since eric day is one cool. <laughs> he is he's cool. been with me since day one seriously this guy's unbelievable professional definitely you could tell you're a good engineer too because the good one's always invisible <laughs> your presence is there but like I see you moving around but right. i more feel your presence than i do i'm looking at you now but <laughs> you know what i mean you know, just secure within your own. That's what I'm talking about. It's, it's a whole, it's a collective. Yeah. But you got to stay in your place. You, you know, do. stay in you your place do. and maintain that. Yep. Well, this is your boy DJ Bugsy, episode 23, Bahamadia. Yep. Keep it hip hop. Peace. Peace.